tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the March 15th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 132 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally and myself will be reviewing my trip to the IndyCar race, the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, as well as preparing for the next stop in the early NHRA season, the Gator Nationals held at Gainesville Raceway, as I'll be attending the 300-mile-per-hour action starting on Saturday morning. To help us kick off the evening, we have a great lineup of guests, each of which are involved in all aspects of motorsports all around the globe. Before we begin the program tonight, we'd like to apologize for the technical difficulties from the past couple of weeks. As it seems, a perfect smoothing, smooth running show has not been the cards for us as of late. We're hoping that it's a little bit better today. I'm trying something a little bit different connection-wise, so let's go for it. With that being said, our first guest of the evening is Frank Linker of Indie Sports Car Podcast. He's going to be calling in in about three minutes now. The IndyCar Sports Car Podcast is, of course, one of the uh, one of the major podcasts in the in the racing world. They take place every week. Let's see what day they they take place on here. Sorry, I don't have that information prepared right now, but let's go ahead and look at it. I know they have a uh, they can be found online. You can just search for IndyCar Sports Car Podcast on Twitter. The easiest way to find them is ISCPPodcast. That's their Twitter handle. They were recently at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. I'm not certain if they are at the uh, the racetrack in, in Sebring this weekend. I'm thinking they might be. They could even be having a person at the, at the uh, Gator Nationals, but I don't really think that's their speed. So how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Looking forward to a to a good show tonight. Unfortunately, our guest from the uh, Carding for Kids will not be able to join us tonight because they they just weren't able to work out a uh, an individual to come on the show tonight. But hopefully, they'll be able to come with us in the next few weeks. It is a great program that they're uh, they're putting together there, where they do a uh, have a go kart challenge at the IndyCar races, and you end up going the IndyCar drivers and some of the other drivers from the other series come out and set a time, and then you can. Go out during the weekend, see if you can beat that time or at least tie it. And then if you can, you win a prize, an autographed thing from uh, one of the driver's things. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cool. I know I have on Facebook. Um, I think I do have – no, maybe it's not. I don't know. I have another karting program on my Facebook specifically for kids. I wonder if it's the same one. It could be. There's, I know there's at least a couple that do that sort of, that sort of thing. They also had a uh, an online auction for uh, for equipment that was race used equipment, autograph type stuff. Um, so that's kind of neat too. And all of it goes to goes to benefit children's hospitals and and charities and those sort of things. So. 
Yeah, those are my favorite. Mm-hmm. I know in the past we've talked about the uh, the racing coverage on Map TV. I just turned it on at seven o'clock and noticed that they had coverage on from the uh, Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia Speedway. Didn't see myself sitting in the grandstands, but it was neat to see the the coverage on TV. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, isn't it kind of fun to watch? Like you know you're there, and then you need to watch it on TV too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's kind of. Uh, I don't think it's quite as good as it used to be for some of the coverage because I know that the the people who were who were commenting on it weren't at the at the track. They did have the one guy who was kind of wandering around talking to the drivers. You could tell the the commentators they were probably sitting in the studio in Charlotte just watching the footage and and adding their commentaries that's going around. They do that for some NASCAR races and a few Formula One things too. I don't think that's quite as quite as good as it used to be where they actually send the people to the track though. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. Really, I've really only watched Mav TV a couple times, but you pay more attention than I do. <laughs> As I stated, we're standing by for a phone call from Frank from the IndyCar Sports Car Podcast. He was at the uh, the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. I was about to meet him. I think it was probably like one step behind him most of the day. So, And he'll have his perspective on the racing at St. Petersburg from this past weekend. Standing by, let's go ahead and listen to a short segment of the uh, a song from Ron Pistan, The Pit Crew. Actually, that's not because he's on the air right now. Hello, hello. Well, how are you doing tonight? Very well. How are you, Adam? Pretty good. Pretty good. First off, how do you like escaping your up north and coming down to Florida? I couldn't wait to to get down to Florida the way uh, the weather's been here the past couple of weeks. <laughs> the weather here wasn't that bad. I know that we had that little bit of rain there Saturday that made the qualifying rather interesting, but the uh, ended up on on Sunday and it wasn't half as bad as the original forecast was. Yeah, I, I remember waking up in the morning at the hotel, like you know, just looking at the weather, like okay, ten, eleven, twelve might rain, but. There wasn't a cloud in the sky all day. It was beautiful. So what was your overall impression of the racing in St. Petersburg this weekend? I thought it uh, it showed a lot of potential from the MRTI side, a lot of, uh, a lot of new talents showing themselves, uh, and a lot of the old talents coming back and showing everybody, you know, that, hey, we're still here. <laughs> like uh, your, your you know, next guest coming up, <laughs> definitely. And uh, and I think the IndyCar race kind of mirrored the same thing. You know, a lot of rookies showing what they could do, and uh, but at the end, it, uh, you know, the older talent kind of showing through, I suppose. How did you feel about the fact that it seemed like the whole front half of the IndyCar field was was Hondas and the and the Chevys were taking up the rear? Um, I guess that's. Uh, Honda always seems to have like the edge up on on Chevy when it seems like with a racing or a research and development, um, they always seem like to lag lag behind a little bit. But then they seem to surpass them. So I'm not too worried about it with the, with the new Arrow kit. Really, it's uh, I didn't know what to expect to be honest. <laughs> I'm still trying to dissect all the data that's coming in with uh, you know who is where and what and trying to figure out. You know, I think it's more more teams than anything. I think it's more coincidence that they were Hondas. Mm-hmm. After this weekend, which team do you think is the one to watch going into the rest of the season? Oh, boy. Well, um, I mean, definitely uh, Sam Schmidt Motorsport, that's for sure. 
Um, I mean, Hinch with his uh, a P5 finish, I believe, and Wickens could have won that, you know. Um, controversial between him and Rossi, but definitely uh, Sam Schmidt, and uh, he can't ever count out uh, Penske and Ganassi. I mean, uh, Ed Jones had a good showing, so. Well, you mentioned the uh, the controversial finish there. How did you feel about that? I thought it was a – I thought they're saying that it's a racing incident, but I thought it looked a little dirty to me from where I was sitting. Uh, I mean, the way I saw it, um, Wickens, I think, um, it, okay, if it was not a restart, mm-hmm. I'd have a bigger problem with it. But because mm-hmm. it was a restart, Wickens has to learn how to restart a little bit better. Plus, Rossi was on the push to pass. You can't leave the door that wide open for him, especially in the turn one of St. Pete. Uh, Wickens took just a different line than Rossi was taking, and those lines interconnected right in the apex is what I saw. So that's why I yeah. think that's why they call it a racing incident. And Pedro Award, our next uh, our next guest, seems like his only real competition is himself, especially in the uh, the fact that he was more than more than five seconds ahead on Saturday, and nearly seven seconds ahead on Sunday until he had that issue that he. Uh, he basically over-revved the engine and installed it. How long do you think it'll be before he ends up in IndyCar? Uh, I mean, personally, um, if he didn't spend the last year in IMSA, he'd be in IndyCar this year. That's how good the uh, Pato is. Pato has got talent just for miles. I mean, he's probably the most – I haven't seen such a young talent coming up through Miles Road to Indy in uh, uh, quite a number of years, probably since like Joseph Newgarden, I'd say. So, I mean, Pato Award is going to be a, a big, big star in IndyCar real, real soon. Well, now I'd like to throw you out to my co-host, Michael Malley, who has a couple of questions for you as well. So, what is some of the, I don't know how to word this, the IndyCar Sports Car Podcast, I think is what it's called, how did that come about and how did that get to, like, the greatness that it is right now. Oh, thank you for the. That's a great question, and I love the end there. Thank you. The greatness. Oh, I'm I'm too humble to accept that one, but but I appreciate that. Um, it's actually uh, actually um uh we were good friends with uh, Justin Wilson, and uh, we were also good friends with um uh it, they used to be the uh, the More Front Wing podcast, it's Steph Wallcraft, Paul Dalby. And uh, when they uh, hung up the mics, I, I always wanted to do radio, and I, I loved any car. So I was talking to Justin about it, and but I always had a kind of a stuttering problem, so I was always a little shy to talk on radio and all that. And uh, it showed in the beginning, but <laughs> we're 170-some shows in now. So, uh, But basically, it was Justin Wilson told me a great story about when he was in F1 and how everybody was telling him he can't, he can't race there, this and that, so he just proved him wrong he said don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do anything always go out there and try it and he made a deal with me that as long as I went out and I tried it he would always come on the show and um you know whenever I asked whether he had a ride or not and he was a man of his word he was on uh three times as a matter of fact the last time he was on was at uh Iowa which was his first race back with Andretti so the first two times he was on our show he 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 was looking for a ride at the time and uh yeah so we we owe it all to Justin Wilson so clearly you follow a lot of IndyCar, but do you follow any of the other types of racing? Uh, yeah, uh, IMSA, um, we, we, we follow pretty closely. Um, and, 
uh, you know, uh, of course, Maserati Indy, those, those three series. Uh, and, uh, you know, F1, of course. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge open wheel fan, and it's still F1. Uh, do I wish F1 was better? Of course, but um, right now I'm I'm just loving IndyCar and just how competitive and just amazing, uh, just how amazing the racing has been for uh, the last eight or nine years at least. Um, and uh, and Maserati Indy has really opened my eyes to uh, just how great those three series are, especially with all the new cars that they have now and everything. And uh, you know, so it. So going to a race when it's it's all you know three series and IndyCar, it's like I'm um, I'm in heaven because <laughs> you know like the four best series that I'm really into are all all at the track at the same time. Have you personally participated in any kind of racing yourself? Other than go karting, no. Um, I mean, a, a lot of uh, you know, I live in South Jersey, so we have a lot of back roads here, so. Uh, Backward drag racing back when uh, uh, me, and my, me and my father had a uh, 1982 um, SS El Camino um, uh, Indianapolis 500 pace car division, and we did a lot of tooling to that, and we used to drag that a little bit, but nothing official. <laughs> <laughs> and my final question for you, so your show seems to be faring pretty well. How many episodes do you guys think you've got left in it? Uh well, we um, this year we are pretty much um, official IndyCar media, which is great because uh, when we're in there, we're the only podcast that's there because of our our show. So I think it's a, a huge um, a tribute to how how much podcasting has come and how people are really looking to it as you know a legitimate form of media, which it, it is. It definitely is, and you, I'm sure you guys feel the same. Um, and uh, and. Literally, I mean, it's, this was our fourth season in the media center there, uh, and uh, it's just it, it, it was just a really special moment to feel that you know we've finally been accepted by uh, you know the series as a whole. So instead of saying we're there as media for the track, we're there as media for IndyCar itself and and also MRTI as well. Uh, we also hold media uh, cards for them too. So um, you know, just just having those. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we we don't see an end in sight, really. I mean, until it starts feeling like a job. That's what we always promise ourselves. Once it starts feeling like a job, we walk away, and we've never had so much fun. And now that we have Christian Alessio as our third mic, uh, he's he's trying to get into uh, USF 2000. He keeps hinting the last five shows that Lucas Oil is coming up, and he hasn't said anything official, but uh, it's it's just getting more and more like it's going to happen for him. So we're really hoping it does. And he has a great book out right now as well called uh, uh, the Light, my, my Life and Story, The Outside Groove, and it's uh, forwarded by Willie Tirup. So uh, definitely check that out. And uh, and since he's joined the show, it's just been uh, – it, it, it almost like uh, – it, it, it brought us to another level, basically. And uh, also having all the great drivers on every week, it's just been a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, uh, there's no end in sight, just uh, growing in sight. We say growing in sight. Yep. And when will be able to? Will my listeners be able to catch your show on on the air? Uh, uh, we do uh, a show every week. Um, it, in, we try to get it in between Wednesday and Thursdays. Uh, sometimes Tuesdays. It all depends on really the 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 guests we have on the uh their schedule um but mm-hmm. we but uh, every week you can catch us uh itunes um all your major podcatcher apps uh podbean uh, reddragonsradio.com 
uh, we're affiliated with. And, um, yeah, and uh, also um, Missy has uh, her show, uh, Lowdown for the Showdown, which comes on every Thursday before any IndyCar race for all you Indy rival fantasy racing fans out there. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the program. Hopefully we can talk to you in the future. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a nice evening. All right. Take care, Adam. Once again, that was Frank Linker from the IndyCar Sports Car Podcast, which can be heard on iTunes. Just search for it there. You can also look up there on Twitter, again, at ISCP. You can find information about the about their program there. Our next guest is Patricio Award. Patricio started racing kid carts in October 2005, and in 2006, he was named a Tornado Factory slash Team Driver while he raced in the kid cart class. While racing kid carts, he won the 2006 Mexican AKN Kid Cart Northeast Regional Championship. April 2007, he started racing Easy Carts and won the 2007 Mexican National Easy Cart Championship in the Easy Cart 60cc class. Patricio also raced in the Rotax Micromax class and won the 2007 Mexican Northeast Regional Champion title in the Rotax Micromax class. February 2008, Patricio became a factory team driver for Aero Racing Carts slash BTK Motorsports. He won the 2008 U.S. Rotax Grand National at USA International Raceway in Shawano, W, Wisconsin, I think, in the Rotax Micro Max class. April 2009, Patricio moved up to the Rotax Mini Max class. In his rookie year in the Mini Max class, Patricio won the 2009 Southwest Regional Cup Championship in Mini Max, came in second place at the 2009 U.S. Rotax Grand Nationals Mini Max class at Oklahoma Motorsports Complex in Norman, Oklahoma, and second place in the 2009 Mexican Rotax Grand Nationals at the Monterey Karting Track in Monterey, Mexico. In October 2010, Patricio became a J3 competition driver and traveled Italy to compete in the ROK Cup International Final. Came in fourth place. One month later, in November of 2000, he became the Tag Cadet Inaugural Champion at the NA Super Nationals held in Las Vegas at the Rio Hotel and Suites. In 2011, Patricio came in second at the Florida Winter Rotax Rotax Mini Max Points Championship, and November 2009, became a back-to-back champion in the Tag Cadet SKUSA Super in Las Vegas, the Rio Hotel and Suites. He finished in second place. In 2012, Patricio participated in the Texas Pro Kart Championship in the Stock Moto Junior S5 class, and championship in the Rotax. He then became the SKUSA Summer National and Super in the Stock Moto Junior S5 class. In 2013, Patricia made the move to Formula Car Racing and participated in the Formula LATAM F2000 Series in Mexico. The Pacific F2000 Series in the USA and the Formula Renault 1.6 NEC Junior Series in Europe. During 2014, Patricio joined the French F4 series from round three onwards, finishing all but one race in the points with, a, with 10 top five finishes and taking a million win at Paul Richard. In March 2015, it was announced Pato will be joining Team Pell Pepre for the full 2015 season in the Pro Mazda Championship season, sponsored by Octane Energy Drinks, Kio W Motorsports. 
2017-2018 career stats so far are as follows. 2017, he had four starts, zero wins, zero pulls, two top fives, three top tens, and zero lap sled, and three running out finishes. In 2018, he had two starts, one win, one pole, one top five, two top ten, 62 laps led, and two running at finishes. He's now racing for Andretti Autosport in the uh, Indy Light Series. He's also doing some racing for Performance Tech in IMSA. And now we'd like to pause for one second and see if we can get him on the line. be busy in the car at the moment, so I'm not going to guarantee him, but he said to give him a call when we're ready, so here we go. Hey, this is Pato. You know the drill. Thanks. At the tone, please record your message. When you have... Well, we're not going to have Pato yet, as I'm not going to leave a message on his cell phone. He's probably in the car right now. He is practicing for the, uh, the Sebring 12 Hours, which takes place this weekend. Uh, so hopefully he's having a good practice. So let's go ahead and play... One of our selections from Ron Pisana and the Pit Crew, as we're going to play. This is in the zone from Ron Pisana and the Pit Crew. I'm 
Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. If the opener is any indication, the Verizon IndyCar Series is in for one of its wildest seasons in 2018. Sebastian Bourdais repeated his winner of the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, but only after Robert Wickens and Alexander Rossi collided while battling for the lead on the next to last of 110 unpredictable laps around the tricky temporary street course in St. Petersburg, Florida, along the shore of the Gulf of Mexico. For Bourdais, the spoils are the 37th victory of his IndyCar career, which ranks four-time season champion sixth on the all-time list. The driver of the number 18 Sealmaster Honda for Dale Coyne Racing trails Alonzer by two wins for fifth place. While we're standing by for Pat Ward to come on the show this evening, we'll go ahead and move on to our next guest. For any of you who've wandered around the, the great racetracks of North America and, and as well as some in Europe, this next guest is probably very familiar to you. Her name is Vicki Miller, and she can be found easily on the internet, on Twitter, at Vic Loves Racing. We're now happy to welcome Vicki Miller to the program. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Hi. How are you tonight? Good. You can probably hear the cars here at Sebring. It's nighttime practice for the WeatherTech series. So, so maybe if you can hear them in the background. <laughs> it's an exciting time to be talking with racing in the background. I always like that noise. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I have a feeling that our uh, our guest Pato Ward is probably busy in the nighttime practice, as he didn't he didn't pick up his phone a few minutes ago, so he's probably sitting in his racing suit or in his garage waiting for us to call him in a few minutes. Yeah, I think so. Uh huh. <laughs> so, after St. Petersburg, which teams do you feel came away with the best start for the 2018 season? Well, you know, I tell you what. For me, I was there as. As some of the fans may know, and you know, I had to leave Sunday morning and, and wasn't able to watch the IndyCar race. So I was there really paid attention to the what I'm going to call the support series. And I think for me, I, I'm a Tim Pelfrey fan, but uh, for the USF 2000, I really paid attention to uh, the Newman, I think it's called WACH, W-A-C-H team. And mm-hmm. uh, the USF 2000 had, I think, 25 cars 
Whereas this year, it's kind of disappointing. With Indy Lights had a very small field, only nine cars. So uh, to me, while it's encouraging to see the the USF 2000, what they call the the road, the Mazda road to uh, Indy, start with the 25 cars. You know, just kind of like how many is going to make it through to that nine that finally make it, you know, so into Indy Lights. So I kind of followed the USF 2000 and uh, the Newman team driver, Darren Keenan. And he really impressed me very, very well. He had never driven on that track before, and the car was very new to him. And he tapped the wall in his first race and really didn't do too much damage at all and ended up podium after tapping the wall. So I was very impressed with the young USF 2000 series. The whole, the whole field of 25, I think they, both races they had were very clean, um, they had a little bit of qualifying with the one gentleman, Aaron, and um, but they were very clean for being young on a street, a tight street course. I was very impressed with USF 2000. And what was your favorite part of the weekend? Well, I have to say, since uh, my favorite all-time driver, Oz Negre, is the coach for Darren Keene, there's another reason why I paid attention to him. It was probably Darren Keene's podium. He got, he went from, uh, he, I think he qualified eighth in that race and he ended up getting third. So I would have to say that was probably a very, that and then Kyle Kirkwood is another young gentleman I like to watch and he won the race. Mm-hmm. So I was very happy with that podium result. And that was pretty awesome too. I know he's a he's a driver yeah. from here in South Florida and he uh, he had the, uh, the start in F4 last year where he did really well and that was, yes. that's pretty cool to see him go from, from there to here too. Oh, I've watched him cart since he's been like 10, 11 years old, Kyle Clark, with Oliver Askew, actually. And so to see them both do very well, I, I enjoy that a lot. I know you weren't able to be at the race on Sunday, but what's your opinion of how the IndyCar race ended? You know, I tell you what, I'm not familiar with Robert Wickens at all. I think he was in the DTM series. So I did watch him a few times online on DTM, uh, Renee Raft, who was an Audi factory driver in that series now. And, you know, at the very last, to me, you've got to understand, I don't care what series you're racing in, if it's toward the end of the race, they throw the green after caution, you're going to go all out. And I yeah. happened to see a, a good photo of Rossi kind of in the middle, and it looked like to me just a little bit that Wickens turned in. And I mean, I can't. I don't know if Wilkins had a spotter. I don't know if anyone was telling him, but he had to know that Rossi was coming. He had to know he was going to take that inside line and go for it. So, in my opinion, you know, of course, 20, hindsight twenty twenty, maybe back off and let him have the spot and get in behind him, maybe get a second versus wrecking and then go out. You know, I don't. I don't know. I'm not caught up in the moment. He had to have known he was coming on the inside. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, I don't know if it's just a rookie thing. Obviously, this is his first time running these cars. So, obviously, it's, it's a rookie experience, rookie learning. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I really, I think he just had to know he was going to be there, and he had to know he was coming. So, uh, it's just racing, I guess. But it, it was a little sad because I know the crowd and everyone was cheering for Wiccans to win it. But uh, he'll have more wins. You know, this is just his first race. He'll have lots more opportunities. And in a way, it was good to see Sebastian Bourdais come out and end up winning, too. That was yes. that was kind of a feel-good yes. moment as well. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy with the way it ended up. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you most looking forward to at Sebring this weekend? Well, I tell you, one of the things I'm looking forward to is my heart really goes out to the Mazda 
cars, the 77 and 55. They just, for, it seems like years, that team has not really had a lot of good luck. And I don't know if the fans noticed that the 93 for Shank, Justin Marks kind of took that out in earlier practice, and it just came back on the flatbed in pieces. And I think they've even Ooh. announced they won't even qualify tomorrow with it. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So Justin Marks is one of the people, the gentleman, that must be out here at nighttime racing. So I think he hopped in the other car for Shank because you have to do so many minutes, you know, in the dark, give it a race in the dark tomorrow. And he had to do those minutes. So I think he's in the other, starting to put him in the 86 car to go out and get his time. So while the 93 kind of seems out of it, I'm always pulling for Shank. I'm really also pulling for the two Mazdas, the 7755, just to do finish, do great. So far this weekend, they haven't changed an engine, so hopefully that continues. But I really, my heart really goes out to the 77 and 55. I'm really pulling for them to have – I mean, I'd love to see a podium, but at least have a very good race. I hope they do, too, and I hope you have a, hope you have a good time this weekend. The weather looks like it's going to be yes. pretty good, so, so it should yes, be fun. Yes, I and, think so. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing you again at the, another track in the future. I'll be there. Yeah. Thanks again, and thanks for your call. Okay. Uh huh. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Yeah. Mm, bye bye. Right. Once again, that was Vicki Miller, who's a, an amazing race fan who has a lot of friends in the paddock area and is currently in Sebring. She was in St. Petersburg last weekend for, for Friday and Saturday. And uh, she's always a fun person to talk to and a great insight to have into the world of modern motorsports. But we're going to try one more time to get a hold of uh, Pato Award, the the first Indy Lights winner of 2018, and let's see if he's still in the car or if he's if he's in pit road and ready to talk to us. Hello. Hey, Pato. This is Adam Sinclair with the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. How are you doing this evening? I'm in night practice. I didn't think we had uh, nocturnal practice, but I don't know if you can hear. I can hear you. How's your practice going? How's the weekend going so far? How's your practice going so far? I know you'll be able to hear me, but I don't know if I'll be able to hear you guys. Uh, there's no cars passing by right now. What's up? And how's the practice going tonight? Uh, it's going pretty good. Well, actually, no, it's not. We are currently, um, we're sitting 15th, so that's terrible. Uh, we're kind of struggling with the car and... The thing is, this weekend, we don't have an engineer, so ah. we're kind of, yeah, so we're, we're definitely struggling. Um, not sure how the qualifying and the race is going to plan out, but I feel like we're just, I, we definitely won't have the car to win, but I think if we keep our nose clean and stuff, I think we can do a good job. It's a it's a long race, so it 
you never know how the cards will fall. Yeah, it's a super, super long race. Well, we'd like to congratulate you on your victory at the first race of IndyCar, the Indy Lights race, and uh, and hope you have a great season for the rest of the year, and we'll, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks, man. Yeah, we had a great... Uh, we had a great race Saturday. You know, kind of kind of bumped out. I didn't get the win on Sunday for a rookie mistake that I did. That shouldn't be happening. But, uh, I'm really excited to go to Barber and um, and you know get the get everything going and get some winning streaks going and get some pulls. Yeah, I know you've. Uh... You had a, a fabulous race on Saturday, and you were doing really well on Sunday, and uh, and hopefully you're able to pull that together, and, and maybe we can send you to the championship at the end of the year. Say that again? Hopefully you're able to, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> able to, to continue to your, your early success and maybe be able to be a contender for the championship later in the year. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the plan. Thank you guys for Whoops. Well, once again, we'd like to thank Pato Award for taking time of his really busy schedule tonight. To, uh, that's pretty awesome to, to be that close to the racetrack, and I'm sure all of you enjoyed hearing the, the sounds of racing in the background. I know I did. It's uh, and Pato Ward is an awesome guy. And I, I'm wishing that he has all the success in the world and he does uh, amazing things both in IndyCar as well as in IMSA. That is kind of interesting that the, the performance tech team does not have an engineer this weekend. I'm sure there's a big story to that, and hopefully we'll get to see about it. So let's move on to the review of the IndyCar race. Back to where we were a second ago. Wickens, who started from the pole position in the number six, Lucas Oil, Schmidt, Pearson, Motorsports, after winning the Verizon P1 award in qualifying on Saturday, was trying to become the first driver to win the IndyCar race in his debut since Buzz Calkins in 1996 at the Walt Disney World Speedway, which I had the honor of attending. It was an awesome race, awesome venue. Sad to see it go. Others to do it were Nigel Mansell in 1993 at Service Paradise, Australia, and Graham Hill in 1966 at the Indy 500. Wickens led a race high 69 laps and was in front for a lap, for a lap 108 restart, following a full course caution to restart the stalled car of Max Chilton. On the restart, Rossi in the number 27 Napa Auto Parts Honda for Andretti Autosport attempted an inside pass of Wickens, hanging into turn one at the end of the airport runway front straight, but the car slid wide and the two made contact. Rossi was able to continue, but Wickens' car was disabled, bringing out the final caution flag of the race to end under yellow. As most of you are probably aware, there is no green-white checker in IndyCar. Graham Rahal slipped past Rossi in the turn one melee to grab second place. The best St. Petersburg finish for the number 15 United Reynolds Honda driver since he won the race in 2008. James Hinchcliffe, Wickens' teammate at Schmidt Pearson Motorsports, finished fourth in the number five Aero Electronics Honda. Ryan Hunter Ray, Rossi's teammate at Andre Autosport, placed fifth in the number 28 DHL Honda. It was actually quite a, an interesting finish. I'm interested to hear that uh, that Frank Linker and Vicky Miller both think it is a racing deal. I don't really agree with that, although there is a, an argument to be made, of course, at the end of the race. You you do what you can to win. That's been, that's been pointed out on this show, in fact, uh, after the Daytona 500 a few weeks ago. But there's always, 
I tend to think that the IndyCar drivers are a little better than that, Indy Lights drivers as well. And so I think that the uh, they should have both been a little more careful, although I do understand where they came from, and I'm very happy that Sebastian Bourdais won the race. It's pretty cool. Bourdais is an interesting character as well. He's also going to be at the, at the race in Sebring this weekend. Verizon IndyCar Series competitors and fans have some time to catch their breath before the next race. The Phoenix Grand Prix will be run under at the ISM Raceway on Saturday, April 7th. The race airs live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC Sports Network and the Advanced Auto Parts IndyCar Radio Network. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's go ahead and take a momentary break here and listen to another selection from Ron Pastana and the Fit Crew in honor of the all the general admission people hanging out at at St. Petersburg. And let's go ahead and listen to Fence Kids, shall we? It was all we ever wanted to be. 
Once again, that was a fan. This weekend, actually starting tomorrow, the NHRA will be heading to the historic Gainesville International Raceway for the Amelie Motor Oil Gator Nationals. Action starts tomorrow morning. Uh, they actually have an event tonight, I think. Um, I had a like a Papa John's type event there, but they've got action tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we'll be heading up there Saturday morning, probably be there in time for the uh, the first round of qualifying, which is at noontime, I believe, on Saturday. Uh, the the television coverage is about what the television coverage for the NHRA has started to be expected as, where it's really, 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 really weird. Um, so be sure to check your local listings for that. It's no longer being held live as they, they said it was going to be, but it is fairly close to live, I suppose. There's some, some rounds that are live. Most of it is not, though, which is unfortunate, but that's generally the way it goes. We were hoping to have a, a member of the National Hot Rod Association on the program this evening, but that didn't work out. We are going to have full coverage of the NHRA Gator Nationals on Speedway Digest at, uh, in their racing news section. I've got a couple pieces I'm going to be putting out this evening about that. So be sure to check those out at the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. Also, I'm hoping to at least interview one driver this weekend, probably do a few live streams, although that never seems to work out as well as I hoped. So be sure to check out the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder page on Facebook at facebook.com slash SD Thursday Night Thunder, all one word. Hopefully, you'll end up finding something interesting there. I know I've been posting some stuff here and there and everywhere, so it's kind of cool, and I hope you enjoy it. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, or maybe just a huge fan of the sport? Contact either Michael Mullally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. As I just said, I'll be putting out some new stuff in the racing news section momentarily, so be sure to check that out. I'll also be posting possibly a couple things on the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder Facebook page this evening. Um, probably, a, uh, I believe I'll look up the past interview I had with Vicki Miller from uh, the superfan woman who was on here this evening. I'll probably post a link to that as well. Um, so be sure to check out the Speedway Digest There's Night Thunder Facebook page. If you haven't already liked it on Facebook, please do. Um, we're hoping to, to increase the number of likes on there, and the more likes we get, the more action is going to be on the page. That's just the way it works. So be sure to check that out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. You can also go to Twitter. It's at PB Happening. Um, got a bunch of great stuff going on at Palm Beach Happening, although the Happenings Media Network is 
in flux, let's put it that way. But Palm Beach Happening is still alive and well, at least for the moment. And we're hoping to keep it that way for some time to come. We have a great listing of uh, St. Patrick's Day events taking place all around the Palm Beaches. You can find that listed on Twitter. We post all of our articles directly to Twitter, so they're easier to find. They can also be found on the Facebook page, which you can find, again, by searching for Palm Beach Happening in the search bar of Facebook. Um, we also have some contests going on there, and it's a, uh, got a spring break guide, and all sort got some Easter information, uh, as well as information about the boat show, information about Sunfest, which I actually had to pull for right now um, because it only allows me to feature four pieces on the uh, on the main page of the site. So the information about Sunfest can be found by searching for Sunfest in the little search bar on the side of the top of the page at palmbeach.happening.mag.com, excuse me. You can find that very easily just up the the far left-hand corner if you're surfing from your desktop. If you're searching on a mobile site, there's also a search bar there. So be sure to just type in SunFest if you're interested in the SunFest information or any information about the Palm Beaches. Just type in the little search bar there, and odds are pretty good that there's at least one piece about it on Palm Beach happening. Again, we'd like to thank you for listening. I'd like to thank Michael Mullally for helping out for the first 30 minutes of the program. I'd like to thank all of our guests for coming on the show tonight. It was a, uh, awesome to have them on. Uh, Frank Lickner was very helpful. Uh, Vicki Miller was very good. And Pat O'Ward was awesome. Pat O'Ward, it's pretty cool to hear the uh, have an interview from the garage area. Um, the sound is a little bit off, but we'll have to work on that in the future, won't we? We look forward to seeing you again on March 22nd, which is next Thursday in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. We're currently hoping to bring in at least one driver from the Mazda Road Indy, a guy we've been bouncing back and forth for for seems like months. We're also going to have a Rowdy Maglite, another guy we've been bouncing back and forth for, but only for about a month for him. And basically next week will be a catch-up with all the the guests who we've been bouncing around from. We might even have a, a, a person on from the uh, Jimmy Johnson Helmets for Hope because he has a announcement coming up. And the uh, Helmets for Hope people are always pretty cool to talk to, basically because they're ice cream people. And if you don't love Blue Bunny ice cream, there's something definitely wrong with you. Again, we'll see you next week in the Thunderdome on March 22nd. Have a nice evening and have a great weekend of racing.